Hey, good morning and welcome to Second Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here. Thanks for worshiping with us today. Uh, excited about uh, being here, being together, and getting the chance to uh, just just enjoy time together and, and uh, hope you have thawed out a little bit this week. Uh, it's been a little bit chilly at my house. I'm sure it hadn't been ears, but uh, anyway, so glad that you're here. If you're a guest, I want to say a special welcome um, to you. Thanks for being here. We'd love to connect with you, whether you're in person or joining us online today. Uh, there's a card in the back in front of you if you want to fill that information out and leave it. Uh, with us at the end of the end of church, um, you can leave it in the pew where you're sitting, or you can put an offering plate as we leave, um, or you can go to our website svcr.org, and there's a button that says "I'm new," and you can f- click that button, fill that information out, and again, it's a chance for us to know who's with us today, how we might be able to serve you and your family. Um, so, just want to make you aware of a few things that are happening in the life and ministry of our church. Uh, first of all, right after our service today, um, uh, having a uh, Africa interest meeting, and so um, we will plan to just meet for just a few moments, and we can meet right over here where I normally sit, uh, just right after church. And let me just—I'll just give you a little bit of information, uh, give you some dates of the trip, and give you a chance to ask any questions. Um, but really looking forward to taking a group to Africa this morning. So that's immediately following our service. Again, we'll try to be as quick as possible uh, with that meeting. But anybody that, and it's not a commitment, you're not signing anything today. If you show up and go, man, I, I'm saying I'm going, it's just a chance for you to find out more information if it's a possibility or something that you're interested in and want to be a part of. If you can't stay today, I understand, but if you'll come by and mention to me, um, that you are interested, that way we can get together because I, it won't be very long. We'll have to be working on finalizing or working toward getting some details and things worked out. So um, anyway, love to have you after that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, announcements in the bulletins want you to pay attention to and take note of. Uh, men, we are starting a, a short-term Bible study on Sunday nights that will be coming up. Um, very soon, so take note of that. Want to, want to invite all the men and young men come be a part of that. Um, invite uh, your friends, your buddies uh, to come, and you don't have to be a church member to come to that. Really looking forward to that time as we begin that study. All right, uh, we're gonna just a few moments. We're gonna sing unto the Lord. As I was reading in my quiet time this morning, just um, near the end of it, just thinking about. Um, I don't know about you, but just today is one of those days of going, man, I need the Lord. Um, just a great sense of desperation that I need the Lord today as much as I ever have. Um, I don't know what, what's going on, what, what's happened in your life. I know it's been a very different week. We had a lot of cold weather, winter weather, and all those sorts of things. Um, some of you trying to get back into normal routines and all those sorts of things and what's happening in your life, but maybe you're like me this morning, going, man, I, Brother Chris, I, I just, a sense of desperation, I need the Lord today. I need Him to speak to me. I need to worship the Lord. I need the Spirit of God. Um, here's what I want to do um, in just a moment. I just want to have a really intentional, just pause and seek the Lord before we sing, before we do anything else. Um, I was reminded of this, um, uh, Psalm 86, verse 1, bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me. For I am poor and needy. Um, as a society, we are a very rich society in terms of financial wealth. But let me tell you, 
Every one of us are poor spiritually apart from him. And we need the Lord. We all need the Lord. And so, uh, if you will, let's just uh, pause for a moment. If you bow your head and close your eyes, you may want to come get on the altar. You're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, and spend, let's just spend a minute or two here and just asking the Lord to speak to us, to minister to us, uh, to prepare our heart that we may hear from him. And maybe just confess today that, God, I need you. I need you today more than I ever have. Lord God in heaven, you are good and gracious and kind. We thank you for your love and affection. We thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And God, we just want to pause this morning and confess before you, God, we need you. We need you here and now. God, we've needed you in the past. We've needed you for so many things and know that we're going to need you in the future. Need you every day, every moment of our lives. But God, today we need you. Would you meet with us? Would you speak to us? Would you minister to us? Holy Spirit of God, would you fall on this place and move among your people? God, I pray that we would worship you in spirit and in truth today. God, that as we sing, we would sing as poor and needy, crying out to our Father in worship of you. Lord, we need you. We ask you to be with us. Pray and ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing Blessed Assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, raising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, ring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. 
perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior, I'm happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Sing that chorus again. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire, time after time. Born of his spirit and washed in his blood. And what he did for me. On Calvary, more than enough. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one.
Pastor Chris said earlier, we need him more than anything else in our, in our lives. And we just sang the truth that when we seek him, he will answer us. Isn't that a wonderful truth this morning? And the reason why we can trust him, because he is truly the cornerstone of our lives. Is he your cornerstone? Lift up your voices to him today. Hope is built on nothing less. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Sing that again. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, 
in the Savior's love through the storm. Ever seen. Worthy of all 
Amen. If you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, would you turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Again, we're only a couple weeks away from getting back into uh, the Gospel of John and and looking forward to that return, but uh, we are taking a little bit of a pause here and uh, preaching through this series, this healthy, a healthy church series that started last week. And so looking forward to that. We had part one last week, obviously part two, and then Lord willing and should he tarry, we will uh, dig into part three next week. And I told you last week that I just reminded you that the gospels are written about the life and ministry of Jesus and all the work and ministry that he does here on earth. And then book of Acts picks up in chapter 1. And quickly the ascension, Jesus ascends into heaven after his completed work and ministry here on earth. And then we see the, uh, the Spirit of God fall on the disciples at the end of chapter 1 and, and into chapter 2. Uh, uh, there they're, they're praying, the Spirit of God falls, and day of Pentecost as we know it. Um, and then we see the establishment of the early, ch- early church in Acts chapter 2. And the rest of the book of Acts follows the proclamation and the spread of the gospel and the establishment of the New Testament church as we know it. And so I shared with you last week that um, as we look at this and we see, we're going to read this passage this morning, and we said last week it's evident that the hand of God was on that church, and that's the kind of church that you and I both, we want to be a part of. We want to be where God is active and God is at work. And so if that's the case, then let's pause and look together about what are some of the things that the early church was doing, some clear markers of of the ministry and marks of that early church and how that ought to play into our church today. And so that's where we started last week. I shared two of those objectives. I'll share, remind you of those in just a moment of those, uh, of those two. And then we will look at the two objectives for this morning. So Acts chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 41. I know you just said just a moment ago, but if you're willing and you're able, will you stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God? Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. 
Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Let's pray together. Precious Jesus, we love and adore you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. God, I pray this morning that, God, you will bless the preaching of your word. Hide me behind your cross. Fill me with your spirit. Give me every word to say. Nothing more, nothing less. And God, I pray that we would have ears to hear, a heart to receive and understand. I pray a will to be obedient to you. Lord, you be glorified. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we are picking up. I'm going to share with you two objectives. Let me remind you, or if you weren't able to be with us last week, you may jot these down in your notes as a reminder, or if you weren't able to be here, that a healthy church, the two things we said, it honors God through worship. A healthy church honors God through our worship. Uh, And we said that it was more than just singing. Yes, uh, singing ought to be worshiped to God. Uh, Just a moment ago, we should have had a sweet time of worshiping God because it honors Him. But then we said that every ministry, everything of what we do ought to honor God. Remember, I I use the illustration that the honoring of God ought to be the umbrella of the church in the sense that everything else ought to seek to point to that end, to to be covered in that, that uh, uh, we ought to honor God in everything we do. So the other objectives we look at, if we don't get the honoring of God in those things, then we'll miss it. It, 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 Those things don't matter. So the first one we looked at last week was the honoring of God in our worship. It talks about praising God, having favor with all people. Um, And then the second one was to evangelize or reach the lost. That the church is here, our mission is the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all people. To go and preach the gospel to every creature. To be a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That our singular mission, the, the goal, the focus is to honor God in everything that we do. And God is most honored when we're seeking to bring people to Him. And to evangelize the law. So those were the two objectives last week. And so the main idea of part two this week is this. A healthy church equips believers and encourages one another. A healthy church equips believers and encourages one another. So the question in this morning is the same as it was last week. Are you helping SBCR, Second Baptist, fulfill these two objectives? In the same way last week, are you seeking to honor God in all that we do? Are you helping to be a part of that? Are you seeking to help the church fulfill that? Last week we asked, uh, not just honoring God, but evangelizing the lost. How are you seeking to reach lost people with the gospel? Are you inviting people? Are you All those sorts of things, uh, are you... Uh, helping fulfill those two objectives. So then this week, as we look at these two, uh, two more objectives, two more defining marks of the New Testament, of a whole, uh, a healthy, rather, New Testament church, how are you helping to fulfill those two objectives? Because if the Lord has led you here, 
and we say we want to be a part of church where the hand of God is, and these are some identifying marks of a New Testament healthy church, then we got to be working, we got to be serving, we got to be praying in such a way that helps fulfill those two things in our church if we want God's hand and God's favor upon His church. So, number one, a healthy church equips believers for ministry. A healthy church equips believers for ministry. I want you to notice verse 42 here. And they continued steadfastly. Mark underlined continued steadfastly. That's going uh, to modify. It's going to point to several activities. And we're not going to talk about all the activities that it lists here. Because they sort of gives us, uh, Luke sort of gives us a little bit of a grocery list of some things that are going on. And we're not going to get to all of them today. But we'll get to several of them. But they continued steadfastly. This is modifying what they continued steadfastly in. In the apostles' doctrine. Mark underlined that. In fellowship. In the breaking of bread and in prayers, all of those activities. Again, we're not going to get to all of those today, but several we will. So they were coming together. Man, uh, they had shared the gospel. People were repenting and placing their faith and trust in Christ. And they were continuing steadfastly. They were earnestly. They were following. These were the things that they were doing on a regular basis. And it's steadfast work. And it doesn't give the idea that this was even easy for them. Sometimes we read this and we think, man, it was all a uh, man of bed of roses. And it was pleasant and all those sorts of things. No, they had difficulty too. And, and as you read through the book of Acts, you see some of the difficulty, some of the persecution and things that happened. But it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I think that's where we get the importance of the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. And I think this helps us remind, be reminded of this is part of the equipping of the saints. Because here's what we've got to see as we're going to look uh, down past this. And we see a lot of activity. We see a lot of ministry taking place. And it is not just the apostles doing the work of the ministry. It was the believers. It was the members, if you will, of the New Testament church here. This establishment. It was the people doing the work of the ministry. This is really important for us because this is not Chris or Jonathan or whoever Baptist church. This is the Lord's church. And so we are in this together. Now, uh, you, you see the illustrations of 1 Corinthians and saying that, man, we are uh, individuals, many members, but one body. And the beauty of his church is that God has called us to be a part here. And as you look across the congregation this morning... We all look and sound a little bit differently. And we all have different gifts and different abilities and different passions and different uh, desires in a sense. But, but as we come together going, we have one main objective. That is to honor God in everything that we do. And as a part of that, we're seeking to reach the lost. How do we do that? Is that it's going to take every single person called to be a part of this body of believers that we need every single part to do their job. To do what God has called you to do. And I understand not everybody God has called to come and stand behind the pulpit and preach or teach the Word of God. Not everybody has called to be in one of our classrooms and teach the Word of God faithfully on a regular basis. I'm so grateful for our Sunday school teachers. God has not called everybody to and equipped everybody and gifted everybody to, 
to sing or play an instrument or serve in music or technology or Greek, whatever the case is, but there are a lot of opportunities to serve. And if God has called you here, then he has equipped you to serve. He has gifted you in a way. Part of our responsibility is then to equip one another. This is why I've said it before and I'll say it again. All the equipping of the ministry cannot, I understand. What I'm about to say, hear me total, all the way out, okay? Everything can't happen that needs to happen from the pulpit. But I do believe that the single most important thing, activity that I have as pastor of Second Baptist Church, my most important call is the preaching ministry the preaching and teaching from the pulpit. Because, listen, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine that they were preaching and teaching the Word of God. And in that, the people of God were being equipped. They were growing in the knowledge of the Word of God. They were growing in their relationship with God. They were growing in that. And as you grow in wisdom and understanding of the Word of God, then that helps us to see and hear and understand the, the things that are happening around us. We see the needs, we see the pains and the struggles and, and all the vacancy, all those sorts of things. And we rally together and we equip one another. We help each other learn and grow so that we can meet those needs and do those things. And part of the responsibility, part of the, the goal of our church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's why we have times where we come together and we try to learn a different way to share the gospel, whether it's three circles or the big question or, or, or whatever case it is. Or we have times where we come together and, and we invite others in if we're getting ready for a mission trip. Part, it's a lot of those mission trips, yes, it's to go and serve those places. Man, we need to go and reach people in Africa and in Ukraine and in Memphis and in the Delta and, and, and other places that we've gone. We need to go and reach those folks. But also part of that, is so that people can go and be trained and equipped in ministry so that we don't just do it in Texas, but we bring it home to Russellville and we serve one another. It's so much more than that. And we do things, we involve others. We, I mean, there's so many opportunities that we can come alongside and be equipped so that we can better serve one another. I mean, it's why we have teams and committees that puts people in position to be able to serve in our church. Find areas that you're passionate about, that God has gifted you in, that you have desire to see that ministry, to see that part of our church grow, and to go and get plugged in. You may say, man, Pastor Chris, I'm just a people person, just love. Man, we, got, man, we, we need folks to serve in our greeting ministry. To help greet guests and go, man, hey, we're so glad you're here. Some of you may have saw my uh, um, Facebook post recently, but Brother Ronnie, he loves, loves to comment and talk about this. Not long after he got saved, that they didn't have a, a, a greeter ministry or a welcome. They had a, heck, uh, a, a, a neck-hugging ministry. Uh, is what heck, neck, I can't even say it. I'm struggling, all right? Y'all know what I said, committee, <laughs> all right? Um, and, and just love people. Why? Man, I, I, that's not my thing. Okay, man, we've got a prayer room. That, man, we would love to have people during our service praying and begging God to do things during our service that only He can do. And there's a lot of opportunities to serve in our children's ministry. 
We, we take all sorts of precautions and all those sorts of things, but we need people to serve in our children's ministry and in nursery workers and in children's ministry and on Wednesday nights. Man, there, there are plenty of needs and plenty of opportunities. Somebody come along, well, I, I want to serve there, I want to help in that area, but don't know how. Man, we'll, we'll do our best to come alongside you and help equip you, help prepare you, help train you for ministry. You know, we go through, folks, some of you have been through the, the new member class with me, and, and one of the things that, the, one of the lessons that we sit down, we talk about at length is that, and, and I don't know, some of y'all may not be real comfortable with this, but this is what I usually try to every time, I'm sure I probably have missed, but one of the things I say in that meeting is, if you're coming to Second Baptist Church to sit on a pew, 1045 Sunday morning, and that's all you're going to do, I love you in Jesus' name, but we don't need you. There, there's plenty of people all across our city, all across the state, all across the world that are coming and just sitting in a pew and not hitting a lick for Jesus and not helping to fulfill the objectives that God has called us to do. God did not call you here just to sit down. Adrian Rogers said it this way. He didn't call us to be keepers of the aquarium, but fishers of men. And if we're not seeking to grow and equip one another and pursue the Lord in all things then what are we here for? Everybody okay? I know, we just, man, we just went jump right in, right? And so, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 points to this. He says, He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice, it's not just those to do all the work of the ministry. It's not a bunch of hired hands to go and do the work of the ministry, to do all the visiting, to do all the, 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 the things of, that it takes to operate and function, all those sorts of things. That's, that's not what he says, but rather their function, the leadership that God has called is to help equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Real simply, we need every person doing exactly what God has gifted you and called you to do because it's not just the responsibility. You know, I mean, y'all know the old adage, right? Uh, the old adage is, is that 10% of the people do 90% of the work in a church. Um, we've, we've heard that a long time. Man, what would a church look like if even 80% of the people involved in the work and the, the progress and the ministry of the church Equipping one another, strengthening one another. What if we just had people begging to, to serve in this area? Go, man, I, we're doing all we can to get you in there to serve, but man, we got, too, we got so many people serving. But man, may we come together in 2024 and go, man, you know what? I don't, I don't know... I. I get it. Sometimes you look around, the need is so great, and it's overwhelming. Where do I start? Where do I begin? Just get in somewhere. 
plug in somewhere and go, man, I, I'm really convinced, I'm passionate, I'm gifted in this area, but I, I don't know, man, man, talk to us, go, man, I, I want to serve in that area, but I don't know how, I don't know, and we'll do everything we can to help equip you and prepare you that you might be able to serve in that way. And so, a healthy church equips believers for ministry. And as last week, I told you that I would, I'm going to hit pause before I move into the second objective. And I shared with you that we, um, last week we paused and, and gave you keys to win, right? Man, just real simple, uh, try to everyday application or every week application, some simple things that you and I can do to make church feel, be more engaged, to just, man, a greater sense of, uh, of being home and being together. Um, and so last week, and if you weren't able to be here, I'll go through these quickly. Um, uh, and you may want to jot these down, and then I'll give you this week. So last week's were this. These were the keys to win. Number one was bring your Bible. Bring a physical copy of the Word of God, the importance of digging into the Word of God. I'm not going to rehash all of these. So the first one I gave was bring your Bible. The second one was be engaged during singing. And, and I said that I understand not everybody can stand up the whole time or may not be able to uh, sing out loud the whole time, but do all that you can to be engaged and sing when you can and try to learn new songs or songs you're less familiar with. Um, then the third one was the three rules of engagement. Um, these were the three rules of engagement. First of all, a person alone is an emergency. And just encourage you, don't invade. I went and sat next to uh, Pastor Jonathan. Don't invade personal space. You know, give, give a little room. Don't make them feel like you're sitting in their lap or any of that sort of thing. But just close enough to go, hey, I see you. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. Thanks for being here. All that sort of thing. A person alone is an emergency. Secondly was friends can wait. And encourage you, five minutes after church, don't turn around to your friend group and just be right there with people you spend a lot of time and talk with. Go meet somebody else. I told you, some of you have been attending church. I get asked every week about somebody. Hey, do you know somebody sitting over there? And, and who is that? Da, da, da. And going, man, y'all been going to church for months together. Uh, maybe just don't necessarily realize it. Cross the room, cross the aisle, okay? This isn't Congress or any of that sort of thing. Like, it's not that hard. Um, and cross the room and, and visit. Meet somebody new. Meet somebody that you've not had a chance to spend time with. And then the last one of that three rules of engagement was introduce a newcomer to somebody else. And somebody's visiting our church or been here a few weeks or whatever. Maybe they're not as connected uh, introduce them to somebody else. Okay, so those were last week's. All right, so here we go. Uh, keys to win this week. Um, first one, all right. I'm gonna, maybe I'll, I'll turn around and look this way uh, so nobody thinks I'm looking at them. Sit front and center. All right, I know it. Everybody in the back is grinning. Everybody in the front is grinning, going, yeah, I told you, you know. <laughs> like, um, there's a lot of thoughts going through this. Um, let me just give you, and this isn't just because of that's where I prefer to sit, all right? It really is practical. It makes it easier on somebody preaching or teaching. Any, are there any, how many of you like educators teach? Uh, I mean, there's a few have taught, right? And I'm telling you, anybody who's taught very much, they know this. They sit in the back of the room, and, and it feels, whether you are or not, feels disengaged. It's, it's easier to be distracted, all those kinds of things. Now, I understand sometimes there are practical reasons. 
as to sit more on the outside or toward the back. You never know. Um, maybe dealing with an elderly parent or spouse or something that might have to leave quickly. Sometimes young parents, um, man, they're doing all they can to get here and and maybe whatever it is, they might need to slip out and they want to do that and that's less distraction. I understand. Hey, listen, I know some of you are laughing on the inside because you're like, every preacher who ever lived has tried this and nobody's ever moved. I've sat here for 40 years, preacher. I'm not moving. I get it. I understand. Uh, but let me just be an encouragement to you. Do all that you can. I mean, scoot up a pew, all right, in 2024. Maybe one pew closer. That sounds like a campaign, right? Um, can we get just one pew closer or whatever it is? Um, it'll help you be more engaged. It'll help you be less distracted. It'll encourage others. Because here's the thing. What I tell you last week, sing. And when we scoot in and scoot forward, we're closer together. And so, man, other people, hearing other people sing encourages you to sing, all right? So, the other one, uh, come early and ready, all right? I know this is a novelty uh, for some, and, and let me just say this, some of you, man, parents and kids, all that sort of stuff, I mean, obviously our kids are getting a little bit older, so it's a little bit easier. Um, I, I don't get it in the sense I haven't had to deal with it because I've always had to be at church early and Adrian wrestling with kids by herself and trying to get everybody there and and, and not lose any children along the way, all that sort of thing. Mamas understand that. Um, um, I, I get it. it it's, there's just some, some days getting here is the victory, and that's fine. That, you, you're going to have some days like that, some weeks like that. That's a good thing. But why not? Mama, why not show up it, if you can? Show up a few minutes early. Be prayed up, be ready. Man, we send out our news and notes, and for the most part, uh, when I get them to Miss Linda in time, uh, you'll have the notes for my sermon. You have what text I'm going to preach unless the Lord changes it. I just want to encourage you to think about this. What if you were to read that text through the weekend and pray, God, what is it you want to teach me? What is it you might want to show us this Sunday? You, you know my sermon. God, help, help our folks, help our church be able to, da, 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 whatever it is. Um, be ready, be prepared. Saturday night, lay your clothes out. Lay the kids' clothes out. Pick out what's for breakfast. Listen, I, I believe one of the most important things you'll do on a weekly basis is attend church. And I believe the enemy knows that's really important. So how many of you know that it seems like Sunday morning, if it's going to go wrong, it's going to happen on Sunday morning? So just a word of encouragement, do all that you can to ward off, to prepare, to get through whatever may come Sunday morning. So do what we can Saturday night to be prepared and be ready. Come early, come ready, man, prayed up and, and um, just focused in, all right? Because sometimes what happens is that we, we don't do the planning, we don't do the preparing, and man, we walk in and maybe we walk in at 10.50 and we're a song in and, and all the chaos of the day, everything's going through your mind, and by the time we get to the third or fourth song, you finally are just starting to settle in, and then next thing you know, we're preaching and it's, man, we miss some things. And so, uh, sit front and center, come early and come ready. And then the third one, look to invite and influence people to church. Look to invite and influence people to church. There are people in your circle and in your, your world of influence that you can encourage them, impact them to come to church. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, leverage 
what opportunities God gives you to do just that. Let me give you a really, just one way, and some of you are going to laugh at this, and some of you may have some strong comments about this. Let me tell you one thing that you can do, all right? And I know some of you, this may be silly. But if there's a guest or somebody, man, they just moved into Russellville. They're going, man, I, I need to find a church. I want to go visit a church. What way are they going to figure out where they're going to go to church? There's one of two ways right now today. One way is if they've been invited somewhere. There's a pretty good chance that they might go there. If they don't have any other connection, okay, whatever human connection they may have there. The second way is this, okay, all right, you get ready. What are they going to do? They're going to Google it, right? Church, Baptist church, whatever. They're going to get, I know it's silly, some of you, but if you go to a new city trying to figure out where you're going to go eat, you do the same thing or you get on, whatever it is, right? So here's, here's a thought, all right? Why not? Go home this afternoon or sometime this week. Hopefully we're not frozen in tomorrow, but maybe we're frozen in tomorrow. Get on and leave a Google review of Second Baptist Church. And I know some of you are like, are you kidding me? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's fine. You can think that. Um, and that's okay. But let me tell you what happens. Somebody gets on, comes, and they're trying to find a church in, our, in, in Russellville. They're going to Google. And you know which ones come up first? The ones that have the reviews and all those sorts of things. You leave reviews of restaurants and all that sort of thing. Um, now, if you're not going to leave a nice review. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going there, all right? Some of y'all were thinking it, right? Uh, just email that to me. Okay? Actually, email it to Jonathan, all right? <laughs> email it to Jonathan. Um, so, uh, but anyway, I mean, use what influence you have. Um, you know, sometimes we talk about like and follow our Facebook page or Instagram, all that sort of thing. Because whether we, we think that's a great way to find a church or not, whether you have opinions about that or not, I'm just telling you that's what's happening. That's the day and age in which we live. Um, so use, that's why I put invite and influence. You go, man, is somebody going to read the review? I have no idea. But it might make an influence on them where they come and, and why. Not just so Second Baptist can be all great and be the top hit church on Google Review or whatever. Why? Because I believe that if they come here, they're going to hear the gospel. And they're going to maybe see a part of a church family that, man, would be awesome to be a part of. Why? That we may honor the Lord in all that we say and do. And so, sit in front and center. Come early and ready. And then number three, look to invite and influence people to church. All right? Next week, end of service, there will be a test. No, uh, just kidding. All right, so we talked about objective one. Objective one is a healthy church equips believers for ministry. Number two, a healthy church encourages one another. It encourages one another. Look at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then skip on down to verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Well, did you catch that? They continued steadfastly, and then verse 46 says that they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house uh, they were spending a lot of time together 
It wasn't just on a Sunday morning worship hour. It wasn't just time, one time at a uh, one-hour Bible study. But what were they doing? Man, they were living life together. You know, this is one of those things that we're losing in our culture in our day is just quite simply inviting people in our home and sharing a meal. Right? I mean, man, I, I, I was sharing with somebody. I was, uh, had lunch with my sister-in-law this past week. And we were talking about our families and whatever. And I, I lived right next door to my, uh, growing up for several years, right next door to my grandma and grandpa. But later on, they moved into, into town, into Paris, so they get a little bit better, quicker medical care. And I remember just dropping by grandma's house. And, and most of you, your grandmother was the same way. What they want to do? They wanted to feed you, right? You walk in, it didn't matter if it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 10 o'clock. And there was no... Grandma, I'm not hungry. She was cooking. So you might as well tell her what you wanted so you got what you wanted because you were going to eat uh, regardless. Or they were offended, right? Because it is a day and time, life a little slower, and man, we, we opened up our home, and, and it was important for us to sit around, fellowship, be together, those kinds of things. And I realized, man, life is really busy, and it's really difficult. But can I just encourage you? Maybe we can just make an effort to at times of invite somebody into our home or go, if nothing else, go out and eat somewhere, get around the table together, break bread together, spend time together other than just a Bible study or Sunday morning. Hey, hi, how are you? Great, and go home. This is where we've got to grow and we've got to love and encourage one another. The reason why the Sunday morning facade and the Sunday morning smile and hi, how are you? I'm fine. You know, the Southern hospitality. The reason why that actually works and is effective is because we're not invested in each other's lives. And we don't know if we can trust each other to go, you know what? Actually, I had a really crummy week. It was really bad. And we just don't know. Listen to the language here, verse 42 and 46. And they continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread. And I know there's some who want to make an argument here talking about this is taking of the Lord's Supper. I believe it includes taking of the Lord's Supper, but it is not limited to taking of the Lord's Supper. That's not all what they're talking about. They're talking about sharing meals. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Remember, I told you last week, this text is descriptive, not prescriptive. It's telling us what they did. It's not necessarily saying you have to do it exactly this way. All right? So I'm not saying that we have to come here every day, go to each other's house, every, all that sort of thing. Listen, did you catch in verse 41, 3,000 were added. So it's not that, I think it's unlikely <laughs> that one person was hosting all 3,000 at their home, right? No. And, and listen, here's the reality. Uh, we, again, I told you last week, we fall into this misnomer because we're of a, uh, at a smaller church. We're going to know everybody at a super deep level. That's not the reality. Man, they, there's no way they knew the 3,000. Uh, all 3,000 knew each other at the same level, the same depth, all that kind of thing. But that didn't keep them from working at growing their relationships. 
and encouraging one another. And so they spent time together. They ate together. They encouraged one another. And part of that is them serving one another. If you were to read uh, verse, uh, look at 44 and 45. I don't think we have it on the screen, but uh, uh, 44 and 45. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. You know what they did? When they saw somebody had a need, they took up a love offering and said, man, let's meet that need. Let's do that. And the church did it together. It's not a a proposal for socialism, but rather it's the church meeting the needs and loving each other. And here's the reality. They were close enough and they were spending enough time together. They knew what the needs were. Sometimes we don't know one another's needs because we're not spending time with one another. You know what? Sometimes we get angry and upset when somebody's not helping meet a need, whether it's emotional or physical, or somebody's not helping meet a need. But let me tell you what happens sometimes. Is that we get so closed off, we don't let anybody in, and nobody knows that need. And we get angry and upset about somebody not helping me to need that they have no idea about because I've closed them off. And that's unreasonable. And all I'm trying to say to you this morning is, man, maybe this year we can grow a little bit more and go, man, it it doesn't have to be anything formal that the church puts on. It doesn't have to be anything formal that so-and-so puts together. I'm just going to invite some folks. We're going to go eat lunch together, or we're going to come to my house or go to their house and eat and just fellowship and try to encourage one another. Just be a blessing to one another. And see, when, when this happens, man, we're all trying to honor the Lord. We're trying to seek the lost. And we're equipping each other for the work of the ministry and we're spending time together. What's happening? The ministry is taking place and it's happening and there's encouragement that takes place. And nobody's on an island by themselves. Nobody's fighting alone. Man, we just love one another. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let me, let me just pause there and let me reiterate what I just said one a moment ago. The church can't bear the burden that we don't know about. The church, folks in your Sunday school class, folks in, in, in fellowship and all of, they can't burn, bear what they don't know about. And, and, and I, I just see time and time again, folks hurt or struggling And frustrated over something that people didn't know. And yes, we all, and we we need to do a better job being more self-aware and people-aware. But also it helps. The church family wants to know how they can pray for you, how they can serve you. Folks in your Sunday school class, folks, and that's why I want you to be a part of a Sunday school class because, man, you need to be in there with other believers. And, man, that's a first line of defense of sorts. 
that they know you best. Those are people you spend time with. Man, those fellowships ought to be happy in those small groups, in those Sunday school class of, I mean, just getting together and loving, encouraging one another. And don't get frustrated that it's not happening. You be the, the source of change and you help lead to make it happen. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and then finally, Romans 14, 19. It says, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one, which one may edify another. Let me talk about this. I don't have long. Let me, let me just mention this to you. One of the things for us to get to a place of being able to encourage one another is there's some that we need to forgive one another. Man, some of us carrying some church hurt. Some hurt from other believers. Some of you in this room may be struggling their relationship not as close because of some hurt, some pain that took place. Man, one of the ways to encourage one another is to forgive each other. Forgive somebody. Man, I've seen time and time again where and somebody is holding on to some pain, some hurt, and they're holding on to some bitterness and unforgiveness, and the other person does not have a clue. And you're still angry and bitter because they haven't come and asked forgiveness or whatever the case is. They just, they have no clue. I can't, my encouragement to you this morning is to ask God to give you grace to forgive. Forgive and let it, let the Lord have it. Give it to the Lord. I told somebody this week, I don't, they were having a struggle with somebody, I don't know how to get past this. Yeah, you do. Just, it, it's, it's tough medicine. One word, forgiveness. Well, I don't know how to do that. Let me tell you. You get on your knees, or as low and as humbly as you can. Some of you, I understand, physically can't do that. You get as low as you humbly can. And say, God, I, it's, I don't feel like it. I don't even know if I want to, per se. But God, I know according to your word, I need to forgive. And it's by an act of my will, I forgive Chris or Joe or whoever it is, right? And you know what? God, I, I give that to you. I ask you. And when it wells up in you this afternoon or it wells up in you tomorrow, you know what you do? You do it again. And you keep, you keep going to the Lord. God, I, I forgive them. I forgive them. By an act of my will, I forgive them. And what I've found is if you will choose. See, we want forgiveness to be a feeling. I don't feel like forgiving them. I don't feel much forgiveness in my heart. Let me tell you, forgiveness is not a feeling. And if you're waiting on a feeling, then you're going to die with bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. But if you will choose to be obedient to the Word of God, God always blesses obedience. Always. And we started this morning going, God, I need you. And this is a moment of going, God, I need you. 
and some of you maybe have wronged somebody and you know it, then God wants you today to get up and go to that person and say, I did this and I, I ask your forgiveness. You say, I may not be able to go to them. Then you need to confess it to the Lord. You know, I don't know if I can do it today. Man, too bad. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Man, you, can't, you don't need to survive another day with bitterness, unforgiveness, or offense in your heart and in your life. Eternity is too long. Life is too short. And the, you're letting the enemy rob you of what God wants in your life. And listen, who's going to say no more? Today's the day. Today's the day. He's not stealing any more joy. He's not stealing any more peace. He's not being allowed any more victory in my life. God has victory for you today, and you need to let it go. Some of you need to uh, ask, and you, you need to let some things go because if your children have gone wayward and you're bitter and angry at them. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a past relationship or whatever it is. Man, release it today. Refuse to live another day with bitterness and unforgiveness taking victory and captive in your life. You've missed out on more than you'll ever know, and I'm not going to do it anymore. Today's the day. God, I need you. I don't feel like it. I don't really want to, but I want to be right with you. And God, I'm giving it to you today. I know it doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? But I'm telling you in Jesus' name, with every fiber of my being, as much as I believe the gospel, God will honor that. If you'll keep coming back to Him, God, I don't feel like it, but here it is. On a morning, morning, wells up, you know what I do? Man, I got my knees. God, here I am. God, forgive me. Here it is. You just keep giving it back to Him. And you know what? Before you know it. Those times get longer and longer before you know it. And God will give you victory. And you know what will happen? Let me, let me tell you what will happen. Let me, let me have your eyes right here. Let me tell you what will happen. You do that today, and whenever you realize, you'll, the fog will lift, you'll come to your senses. And you'll go, oh my gracious, why did I hold on to that for so long? Because you don't know. You don't know right now. You're so entrapped and entangled in it. You don't know what you're missing out on right now. You're missing out on that small, still voice of God. You're missing out on the Spirit of God nudging you and overwhelming you. You're missing out on things, the goodness of God. And you don't even know it. We're going to end a little bit different this morning. Let me just real clearly say this. If you've never repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in Christ, today is the day of salvation. Now let me encourage you, please do not check out right now. I know it's real easy, okay? I'm going to land the plane and we're going to get out of here, but I'm, I'm fully convinced I wasn't planning to preach that hard and that strong on forgiveness. But I really am convinced we have several folks in our church that have been eat up and defeated by bitterness and unforgiveness. I, I, I'm not 
not trying to be some prophetic whatever. I'm just saying I've pastored here five and a half years, and I'm telling you I believe with all my heart we've got some folks eat up with bitterness and unforgiveness. And I'm not mad at anybody about that. I'm more grieved going, man, they don't know what they're missing out. And some of us need to cross over to somebody and say, will you forgive me? Some of us just need to spend, sit at the altar, kneel at the altar, sit close to the altar, stand next to the altar, and say, God, I don't feel like it, but I, this is what I'm choosing today. We're going to have a time of response. If you need to be saved, you come, say, Pastor Chris, I need to be saved today. I want to talk to you. And those of you that need to deal with bitterness, unforgiveness, whether it's something in the church or something in your past. Don't let the urgency of lunch cause you to miss out on this. And some of you are sitting here going, I, I ain't dealing with that. Let me ask you this. Will you storm heaven with prayers for the people sitting in this room? Because there are some in this room that need to let go of some things. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes. Matt's going to come and play just real softly. And we're not going to sing. I'm going to pray as fervently as I know how to pray in just a moment. And as soon as I finish, he's going to begin to play. And when he begins to play, you need to come get on this altar or just get near this altar. I'm going to invite you to come. Some of you go, I'm not dealing with much of anything. Man, the Lord is good and gracious. And you may just want to come and get on this altar and beg God for some of your brothers and sisters this morning to give them freedom to let some things go. God in heaven, I pray in this moment. God, help us to get over ourselves. God, help us to see our need for you. God in heaven, I pray that you would move us today. God, I pray would you give victory this morning. God in heaven, I pray that you, Spirit of God, would give us grace. I pray we'd take the first step and that you'd work in our lives. I pray that you'd lead us in all truth this morning. You, Spirit of God, do what only you can do. I pray in Jesus' name. If God's dealing with your heart this morning, you've got some things you need to deal with. You come now. Don't let the enemy have any victory this morning.
And don't let them have victory in your brother or sister's life. And beg God right now. If you need somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. Oh, this moment's too important. Lord, you're good and gracious and kind. I pray, God, that by your mercy, we've, we've given you some things. And then, God, I pray we'll just leave it with you and pick those things up and we'll just cast it all on you. God, I pray that as we leave today, God, there'd be a spirit of freedom and of peace and of joy. God, I pray you'd make your face shine upon us. Lord, you're good and gracious and kind. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And I pray, God, anybody here that might not know you. God, I pray you'd save them before it's too late. I pray they'd be saved this morning before they leave. God, you work and move. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we are going to be dismissed in just a moment, so I'm going to ask our men if you'll uh, take your place, help take up uh, our offering uh, this morning. Uh, let me again remind you, if you have any interest whatsoever of Africa, uh, going on mission trip to Africa this summer, um, we are going to meet right over here. Uh, just try to be as brief as we can. I'll, I'll give you some dates, give you some information, give you a chance to ask some questions. Um, and, and so, uh, again, if you're not able to stay but you are interested, if you'll come to